Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed this clip from episode 29 of the State of the Universe featuring Dr. Priya Nadarajan. Within the confines of dark energy, black holes, and dark matter, dark matter is the model, I would say, with the most internal contention. The one with the most uh, theorists sort of approaching the problem from different angles. And I think all of these, all three of these ideas, dark energy, black holes, dark matter, some of them were proposed before the 20th century, but essentially all of them were pioneered from a theoretical standpoint during the 20th century. They were radical ideas. When they were proposed, when you were coming up with this data in the early 20th century, not you, obviously, but astronomers, when you were coming up with this data in the, in the early 20th century and you're looking at it, you have to come to the idea that something really weird is going on, something that defies logic, something that you can't immediately conceptualize. And it makes the ideas radical. It makes them groundbreaking. And you wrote a book that analyzed these scientific ideas, mapping the heavens, the radical scientific ideas that reveal the cosmos. And you approach each of these ideas, and you go through the theoretical underpinnings that led us to such radical ideas. Ideas that if you told them to someone in the 17th century or someone in the 18th century, they would be like, what? Are you stupid? What are you even saying? You know? And so that is fundamentally what's so cool about science, I think. And you touched on something, Priya, that I, I absolutely love. You said, I keep an open mind. You said that the jury is out. And that is so important because this is a topic that is so misunderstood from outsiders, from people on the outside of science. And I think that it has led to anti-science, science denialism, that sort of thing in culture. Because people on the outside looking in tend to think that we pick a theory and we try to prove it correct. But in actuality, and I think you would agree with this, Priya, we make careers by taking a theory and proving it wrong. That's how we right. build careers. Right. No, but I think that, you know, uh, uh, and I think the issue is, um, so I want to make a couple of points that yes. um, uh, in response to stuff that you raised. First of all, I think that, you know, it's the ideas, right? It's the confluence of ideas and instruments that has even enabled us to come up with, you know, um, these radical notions. Like if we didn't have the instruments, we wouldn't have been able to see the sort of evidence that, points us to uh, uh, to not being able to explain, right? So you're finding this inexplicable uh, observational data that just then forces you to take an imaginative leap, a creative leap, and come up with uh, with these ideas, right? So, so that's sort of, you know, that's what's been happening um, over time. But, you know, when you look at, um, you know, at any radical idea like, say, the dark matter, right? So it's going, there's going to be contention amongst us, astronomers and astrophysicists, working from the theory end and the observational end. And those internal debates, I think what has really changed, the reason why some of these debates have started to become fodder for denialism of science is that these debates, these um, were mostly internal, right, till mm -hmm. very recently. Till we started living in a globalized world with social media and email and all these things connecting us, when the world shrunk so that, you know, you can have a discovery that happens in the United States and in a minute or less, 
what has happened can be transmitted around the world, right? So we really decreased the sort of the time that it takes. We also opened up our community, right, to all the internal debates are now in full public view. And so what can happen and what has happened in society, not just with the dark matter case, you know, I don't think the denialism of science that we see rampant in culture today is, is you know, dark, the dark matter controversy or the debates within our community are directly responsible for it. But it's questions like these where the community itself is continuing to have intellectual debates, which is healthy, which is very much part of science, mm-hmm. and which is the process by which any new idea will I will get tested, validated, accepted, or discarded. So that's a very live, dynamic process that is part of our community. And I think this is part of science in many, many problems. What you have now is a political social culture in which people with other agendas are trying to exploit this uh, discussion, this disagreement, internal disagreement that is intellectually driven, that's about facts and evidence um, into more ideological silos. So I think, you know, that's sort of what is happening, but it doesn't, you know, we can't give up uh, the way of doing science. Um, I just think that now all of these debates are going to get, there's no way out of this now. All these debates are going to get played out publicly. And therefore, as scientists, it's our duty to keep clarifying that this is very much part of science. This is, science is provisional. This is the deep nature of science is that it's provisional. All our knowledge is best to date. And that the minute we have new evidence, new data come in, that we have to be open to changing our minds. And and I think this is, you know, having pontificated about this to you, I mean, you can see, right, this is pretty hard for the public to take on board, right? Because it's very disorienting. The pace of scientific discovery is so high right now, right? It's so rapid discoveries all, all the time, right? We're like bombarded with new discoveries. It really is a golden age for many, many fields at the moment, definitely astronomy and astrophysics. So you can see the public feeling very disoriented with this idea of provisionality. As like, oh, you know, one day you say this, the next day you say that. Well, you know, in some cases, of course, you know, um, that has to do with poor rapport. In a lot of cases, it's essential to the nature of science that things are evolving, our understanding is evolving. And I think if we scientists can demystify the process of science to the public, uh, I mean, we are accountable to the public because we are all funded by taxpayers' money. All of our money collectively goes into supporting this enterprise. And I think it behooves us to explain not just our results. We have a lot of wonderful astronomers, definitely, who can talk very, very articulately about the science, the results, the new discoveries. But I think we need people, um, and I definitely see myself as one of that tribe, who also talk, in addition to passing on the excitement of doing science and the discoveries, also talk about the process of science, kind of explain how scientists work, what they do, and what science really is. What is the nature of science? The fact that it's so dynamic. It's a very dynamic process. And um, and also point out that, you know, we have human limitations. We have, you know, much as even as scientists, I think one of the motivations for writing the book for me was to reveal that even though scientists are trained to always have an open mind, they don't, they also struggle 
because they're human, right? So there's a psychological side to science. Um, you know, we are, as humans, we don't like rapid change. We, don't, we feel very disoriented by rapid change. So um, I think um, it's important to sort of reveal that, you know, science is provisional and it has uncertainties, and yet it is driven by facts and evidence that are not subjective. And that, you know, you can make a measurement in Rochester, in New Haven, where I am, or in Timbuktu, and you will recover Newton's laws if you roll balls down incline planes. Yeah, that's fantastic. I agree completely. And uh, I think that what you said, you you want to be both an insider and an outsider. You want to be able to communicate not only scientific discoveries, but also the process of science. That's what I hope to do as well. That's something that I find lacking a lot of times in scientific communication is generally the people that do the communication aren't the people doing the work. So you have a problem. And the other problem is that science is inherently not news that can be communicated through headlines. It has to be communicated through lengthy discussion. That's why scientific papers tend to be so damn long and so excruciating to read. Because the details are not bullet points. The details are lengthy. You have to be able to delve into them. And you cannot just read a headline that says, dark matter might not exist. Because the truth of the matter is that the article that that summary paper might be based on is so much more complex. Absolutely. Spot on. 